nothing feels better than finishing a speech in front of a large audience, getting that excellent presentation or high fives or people stand up and give you an applause. The feeling is there's nothing better for me. Uh, Today, I'm going to share some of the strategies or the tricks that I've learned that make speeches very good, very catchy and provide a lot of value to your community. Hi, this is Kirk Kinnear. I'm here to support leaders that know what it feels like to carry that heavy burden, who care about their staff and want to make an impact in the organizations they're leading. My commitment to you as a current leader is to give you company and to bring you to a place of leading lightly. Before I get started in this, I want to thank each and every one of uh, the listeners of this Leading Lightly podcast. I hear from several of you frequently and I've Appreciate every one of you. I hope that uh, this helps you on your journey. Maybe it makes you feel a little less on your own as you take on whatever mission you are in your leadership journey. Um, I'd also like to thank you for helping me get better at speaking. I'm slowly kind of chiseling away. And if you look at episode number one versus this episode, I think you'll notice that there's quite a bit of a difference between when I started this and now. And without each of you to try and serve and deliver some value to a few times a week, I can guarantee I wouldn't I wouldn't be where I'm at. So thank you. Truly thank you. Now, back to serving. Uh, I remember, I think it was about four, four months, three months ago, I got to speak to about, about 150 people. I made this presentation and it was, there was just a real cool moment at the end. And when you present on Zoom, there's one thing, even this, no matter how hard I try, it's hard to get that energy level when you can't see your audience, you can't engage in them, you can't see the smiles or hear the questions. So you're trying to, while you're speaking, you're trying to think of what people would want to hear or, or ask about as you're speaking. But it's quite a bit easier when you can read people. And I finished a presentation with a whole big group of people. And everyone's high-fiving me on the way out of as I was kind of walking away. And uh, they came and sat at my table, wanted to talk and ask a bunch more questions. It just makes you feel so good. And I can tell you that is not how it started for me. One of my first speeches ever in front of an audience, I think I completely blacked out. I finished the talk, but I don't remember anything I said. I don't remember the topic I was talking about. And I heard some people say that it was good. I didn't believe them because I couldn't remember what I'd said. I don't know if you've had that happen, but I've definitely had it where I've, I've, I've prepared everything. And then I just go up and I just throw it out so hard that I forget everything. And in those situations, I know I'm not engaging. I know I'm not reading the audience. I know I'm not doing all the things that I need to do. So um, it just takes, it takes miles. Just for me, it's just like this podcast. The difference between the first one and the 95th one is significant. Just like the difference to my first video thing I've ever done versus the ones I do now. Just how long it takes, how many times it takes to really nail it or feel comfortable with it. But one tip for sure, especially if you're recording, Treat yourself like it's a live audience and finish it because what happens is you will never finish it. You'll just keep cycling over. For you, it'll never look good. 
And and before I get into the main tips, I met somebody who's done some very viral work. And I asked him, I was like, how do you do this? Because he's always walking around with a camera. He's got one on a on a gimbal all the time. And he's just always cutting clips and doing videos. He says, I don't produce anymore. When he started, he tried to produce. He says, now all I do is document. So start documenting. And it was that challenge that actually made me take up this podcast because I'm not, I'm not producing for you. There may be an opening and an ending a little bit, but really it's just uh, fleshing out thoughts that are happening day to day. And in this situation, I made a speech to a couple hundred people on a Zoom call. At the end of the speech, I got, I got several messages saying it was an excellent speech and they'd want me to come back. And, and it just makes you feel really good um, to hear that you've served people and you've provided a lot of value to them. Because you don't have much time and their time is valuable. So when you got a hundred people giving you half an hour, just think of how many minutes of somebody's of their combined time that you're taking. Not to add pressure, but that that's who you're trying to serve. So you want to really think through how do I add the most amount of value? So here's a few steps that I've learned over the time. And this is from when I started when people I I believe they were polite. I know they all said I had lots of energy, which is probably true. I highly doubt my content was that good. My ums or ahs were as significant as uh, or or weren't as significant as I'm pretty sure they are. I still say some of those things. I'm working them out as much as I can. Uh, lately, I say and before I start a lot of sentences or but. So you just kind of chip away at those, but that just takes mileage, not, not, uh, there's nothing you can do to get rid of them other than practice and listen to your own talking. Okay, so here are the steps that I, I've definitely learned to make a good speech. The first one is know your audience. Think about why they're there and what can you bring value to them through. Like, um, I recently spoke to a group that was very different expertise but I was like well they wanted me for something so what is that and you think through that process and figure out what do you have that they don't that you can serve them with so to start out when you're doing a presentation like that you need to relate if it's a tough audience you relate quite differently Um, when I started people kept telling me well I think when you learn to when you learn speaking you learn actually from your teachers and they get up and talk about all of their credit they basically say, I've got my master's in this, I got my PhD in this, I'm an expert at this, and therefore, you shall listen to me. That works in a classroom. It doesn't work anywhere else. If you're speaking to youth, and you're older, or you know, you, you look different, or whatever it may be, you have to go in the head of them and think, what are they going to think about me? And you have to address that right out of the gate. So that's my relate portion of engagement, which is basically saying, I know, you live a very different life than me. Uh, and you're not you're not just saying, woe is me, listen to me, you're you're kind of saying, well, here are you and here's what I would expect you to think of me. And here's why I think you should still listen. But you're not giving credibility to yourself, you're just doing it. Uh, you're jumping right in. So that's if people don't know necessarily who you are. It's best to just kind of get up there and really relate to them first. 
The next thing I always do at the beginning of anything is I ask a few questions, try and get people to raise their hands virtually or in person and really make sure that I can get them talking to me and looking at me. So I always come up with a couple key questions um, and maybe one or two of them, if you really want to play it hard, a few of them might relate to the person who spoke before you or a topic that you know is a hot topic in that area. For me, I kind of, I remember one of the groups I was talking to, I heard that they were all staying in this uh, large casino facility and they were running around collecting ice all night. So I said, I asked them if their rooms were hot and they were all confused about what I was talking about. And I said, oh, I heard all the ice machines ran out of ice. And then they all burst out laughing because they knew that that was a big deal that night. And then I can jump in and they they now relate to me, even though I wasn't there. There's a story connected and then you can move on. But if you don't do that, if you just get up and say, I am, you know, whatever title you have and whatever reasons you want people to listen to you, I don't think it works. But it's very common because I think our education system leans towards that. So that's the first two. So first is you relate. You get in their shoes, answer the questions or concerns they have before you get started. Engage with something that you know is going on. Now, the next one uh, I love on Zoom is using names. People think you can't engage on Zoom. I, I disagree, actually. Um, I try and get people to turn their videos on. And then I, uh, I'll be like, hey, Naomi, I see you smiling at that. Like, I hope you enjoy that. And then once you say their name, people start to pay attention. You'll see everybody start looking up and getting engaged. And then you start throwing their names down, asking them questions, doing whatever you can. But you have names. Something that I think is very helpful is just starting to rattle it off. Like, I see you. Ralph, I see you, Don, I see you, Julie, I see you, uh, Susie, I see you, Stacy, whatever it is, just start listing the names and people will start to pay attention. Especially if you ask a question, oh, have you ever heard of this organization? If you're running an organization, get them to put their hands up and then you can start listing their names off. Then people start waking up, especially online. Um, and then the one thing that I've changed a lot I call it a disbursement of credibility. When I started, everyone kind of told you, you got to get up there and tell people why they need to listen to you. And I, I don't think that's true anymore. What I do is I throw why you should listen to you throughout the whole thing, only one little bite at a time. For example, if I were to talk about a topic that I have a lot of experience in, I'd talk about the topic, slip a little bit of that experience in that really hits hard. So people are like, whoa, this person knows what they're talking about. Then continue talking about the topic. But if you go at the start and say all of that experience, it doesn't help. It helps to inject it one bite at a time throughout your whole speech. By the end, you've built a lot of credibility, but you're not bragging. You're just strengthening each thing that you're saying because people are saying, whoa, I should listen to you. I need to listen to you. The whole time, you're just leveraging those things to add value to your client, the people you're talking to. You're not doing it to add value to yourself. You're strengthening their ability to listen to you because you're like, whoa, they can relate to me. Or, wow, they have way more experience than me in this. Whatever that is, you need to continue to think through leveraging that. One of my favorite ones to do, if you've listened to a few of these podcasts, you'll see that I do this as well. 
uh, I relate things to silly things that are very well known. So the next time you go and see a car with, I don't know, whatever, with shiny rims, you'll remember a story that you were told by an individual. So I do that all the time. I try and relate stories to everyday things that people will relate to in a funny way. Because if you can find relations with everyday things, people remember that and it'll continue to add value to them. And not only that, but they'll remember you that you told some story that related to that. But finally, in the end, uh, you you very much are cycling back to the beginning. You're you're it's it's just like a good paragraph, I guess. You you open with what you're going to say, and then you say it, and then you close with what you said. But in a speech, I think the difference is you're closing with what you said, but you're adding a lesson. You're adding some valuable tools so that they can walk away with something that'll stick. If you don't provide something that sticks, something that they can relate to, a a functional tool, for example, a story teach tool framework, something like that, where you're getting them to a place where they're able to walk home and remember. Um, If you're not doing that, it won't be memorable and it won't impact them. So I usually end, right before I end, I say something and you hear me kind of say it, not not in the same way, but I always often ask, I hope this added value. In this situation, I'd say, you know, here's the five things, which one are you going to take with you? But then you close, you thank everybody for giving you their time, thank them for uh, attaching uh, whatever lesson they they got out of it. Just just really close by by thanking them for letting you serve them. Uh, I'm still figuring out how to do that on a podcast, even after 95 episodes, but it's something that you need to learn to do because you, you are, you don't even get that opportunity unless you get invited. You can't serve them unless they are listening. So you want to thank them for that amount of effort for them. And then try and close with something meaningful. But uh, there was a quote and I, I don't have it right now, but I was recently told by one of my listeners that it's really important to make sure that the close relates to people. You don't just cut it off and walk away. You got to you got to you got to close it off in a really respectful and thankful way and appreciative way. So here I am going into my close. The difference between my podcast and a speech is I typically for a 30-minute speech I'll spend six uh 3 to 6 hours on it. Part-time for about three or four hours and then full time for about two hours. They're very different than this podcast. A lot more effort. This podcast is more about documenting. But when you're in front of people for a period of time, you need to add a lot of value. So you'll get invited back so that you can continue to serve people. So now I'm jumping into my close. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you got something at least one of these tips that you can apply the next time you're speaking. And I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. If you liked it, remember to subscribe. If you know other leaders who could benefit from leading lightly, feel free to share. For more resources, visit our website at leadinglightly.com. 